Hi, this is Pastor David Elijah, and we are New Millennium Kingdom Church. We're coming to you from South Texas. And today is Saturday, November the 21st, 2020. We are continuing our teaching on the book of Revelation, and we are right now in chapter 2. So before we begin, let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We know, Lord, that your word gives us life. That is life and life eternal. Help us to receive your word. Help us to establish it in our lives. Help us to learn to obey your word. There are many that just hear the word and they do nothing about it, or they just ignore it, or they block it. But Lord, we want to be those that receive your word and to believe it fully, 100%, with all our faith, and to actually apply it to our lives and be disciplined and sacrificial in whatever you require from us so that we can give a good account to you when you return. And we will not be ashamed because we learn to obey you fully in every area of our life so that we can give a good account. So help us to prepare us for that day when you will return and take an account of every human being on the earth. And as we learn to do it ourselves, help us to help others and teach others how to do the same. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So let's start. Last week we covered Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. And the verses before that, but let's just do a quick review of Revelation 2, 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So again, we repeat this scripture so that we can fully understand that God's word has been written, especially the book of Revelation, has been written to the churches, to the believers. Because unbelievers do not even waste their time actually opening up a Bible to study it or read it. Or even if they do, they don't understand it. So Jesus is saying here, he who has an ear, let him hear. So not everybody has a ear to hear. A lot of people are deaf to the Word of God. They, they don't want to obey the Word of God. That's why they just block anything that comes from Scripture. <clears throat> we keep uh, coming against so-called men in this country, in the society, is because of that. That they don't have a ear to hear the Word of God, but they want to hear gossip and lies and deception and all the garbage that's in the world and society and social media. They have a year to hear all of that, but they do not have a year to hear the Word of God. So when we are doing these broadcasts, it's for people who want to hear the Word of God. We don't force anybody. There's no force involved. There's no coercion involved. There is no manipulation involved. There is no deception in this. It's the pure Word of God. That's why we take it verse by verse, line by line, and it's for those who have ears to hear. So whoever's listening, who's watching, whoever will see it down in the in the future it's for those who have ears to hear it's a waste of time for people who are not interested to hear <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> a lot of people <clears throat> watch youtube and they they want to watch all the entertainment videos and the funny videos and everything else under the sun but when it comes to the word of god they have no interest they are not interested they don't want to hear it and they just quickly change the channel or change the topic or whatever. And we've come across that over and over again because people don't have ears to hear. So it's very specifically mentioned in the book of Revelation and even in the Gospels. Jesus keeps repeating this verse over and over because it's a reminder. It's for those who have ears to hear. They will hear. They will understand. It will be revealed to them and they will prepare themselves like the wise virgins, for the return of Jesus Christ. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And it's to the churches. It's not to unbelievers. It's not to hypocrites. It's not for narcissists. It's not for selfish, self-centered, you know, blown-up ego, people running around thinking that they are the, you know, gift to mankind or whatever they have in their head, their swollen head, this word is not for them. Because <clears throat> they're so self-obsessed and they're so much deeply worshipping their own selves 
They're doing self-idolatry that they don't have ears to hear the word of God. So when we come across people like that, we don't waste our time because that word is not for them. It's just a waste of time. To, you're, just, you're just spinning your wheels. If you have family members like that, you have co-workers like that, don't waste your breath because they don't have ears to hear. You're like, how can you say that? I'll tell you how I can say that. Anybody who comes to you with a hunger, with a passion, and they come and they ask you, so you know what, you're a Christian, and I have this desire in my heart, I have this hunger in my heart, I don't know why, I want to know about Jesus, I want to know about the Bible. They themselves put themselves in the front, they themselves are the ones who are asking, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. They're the ones who are saying, you know what, I have ears to hear, can you tell me something about the Bible? They are the ones who have ears to hear. And not just one time, because there are a lot of hypocrites that come once in a while to church and say, yes, I love Jesus, yes, I want to hear the sermon, and then they disappear for the rest of the year. We're not talking about them, because those are hypocrites. We're talking about people that come week after week, month after month, they're relentless, because that hunger has been put inside them supernaturally by God. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. You can't force this down somebody's throat. You cannot push it in somebody's face. You can't arm twist somebody and say, go to church and study the Bible and pray. And You can't do that. It has to come from within. Conversion is a change of heart. Repentance is a change of heart. It has to come from deep inside. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why the scripture says, Revelation 2.7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. A lot of people hear the words of Jesus. A lot of people read the Old Testament. A lot of people, are, you know, the Jewish community, they read the Torah and everything. But they don't have ears to hear what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying. Because if they did, they would come to know the Messiah, Jesus. So it's not just good enough. Oh, I read the Bible. Oh, I know this verse. I know this chapter. There are a lot of people out there that have studied the scriptures and they know it. But they are not saved. They are not converted. They have no repentance. They have no obedience. Their lifestyle proves it. So they don't have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The church is the body of Christ. It's an organic, uh, biological body. There's not a physical building. It's not an institution. It's not some cathedral or some structure somewhere. It's the body of Christ, physical body, human beings, believers, born-again, spirit-filled believers, joined together. Ecclesia coming together. That's the body of Christ. And the Bible is speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking. The book of Revelation is speaking to the church, to the body of Christ, to believers. Try to say this to an unbeliever, they'll run away from you. They'll say, oh, don't talk about this. That's how you know they don't have ears to hear. And this keeps getting repeated over and over throughout the book of Revelation. Because only those who love God, will be given the revelation that His return is soon and to prepare for that day. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying right now to the church everywhere across the globe. Prepare, get ready. He is coming. His return is soon. It's a day of judgment, but it's a day of judgment for unbelievers. But to those who are truly saved, those who truly follow Christ, those who fully obey Him and they walk in humility, and they are waiting for His return, it's a day of great joy. And they say, yes, Lord, I heard you. Yes, Lord, I heard you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, I heard your word. And I have complied with your requirements. There's a compliance required. There cannot be lawlessness and saying, I love Jesus. That's the hypocrisy you see in this society here. People say, oh, I love Jesus, I go to that church. But they're total hypocrites. There's no compliance. You don't see the fruits of repentance. You see no guilt. You know, you see no shame, no condemnation, nothing. They keep living in sin. They keep doing all the wrong things. And they act like, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to go to heaven. And that's a real serious deception. A lot of people are under. So let's go to the next. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Again, First of all, you hear His Word, you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, because there are a lot of New Ages that say, oh, I'm speaking, God is speaking to me, and they're hearing demons, they're hearing fallen angels, they're hearing evil spirits, or even the false charismatic church movement that is so rampant 
with so many false prophets and false apostles and false fake, fake, fake counterfeit people running around saying, God spoke to me and the Holy Spirit said this to me and this is the word of the day and this is the word for this country and for this month. And you have all the flavors, ugly flavors of so-called prophetic voices out there saying, oh, I hear from God and they don't. It's a, such a sham. It's such a hypocrisy out there in the charismatic church movement. I have seen it firsthand. I've been part of that movement for years. And every time I saw something crazy, it would shock me. And I'm like, is this person normal? Are they insane? Have they lost their mind? Constantly, I would come across nut jobs, complete nut jobs. The charismatic church is full of nut jobs. They've completely lost their mind. And during this pandemic, even worse, they become worse instead of getting better. Instead of repenting, because you're in the middle of a pandemic, they are constantly prophesying and constantly throwing things out, de declaring, decreeing. All the so-called prophets bound this virus and they came against this virus and they declared against it. All the known prophets, you can go online and see them jumping up and down like monkeys. And what happened? The virus is still around. That proves that these are false prophets. This proves these so-called apostles have no power, no authority. They're a bunch of losers because they try to come against the virus. They've been coming against this virus since January. We are in November. They're still declare, declaring, they're still decreeing, they're still prophesying, and they lost their mind. It's like you did it five times. You already realize that you have no authority. Shut your mouth now. You don't need to declare and decree. You have no power. You have no authority. All power has been given to the Lord Jesus Christ. No man on this earth, no woman on this earth can jump up and down and say, I have power, I have authority over this virus. You don't. So repent. And if some of you are following these prophets and apostles, you all need to repent and say, Lord, I was deceived by this bunch of hypocrites. Forgive me, Lord. I was following a lying spirit. So again, he who has a ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Not the false prophets, not the apostles, not the so-called clowns. These leprechauns, they're leprechauns from hell. And they're deceiving the body of Christ. But that's why we go back to the Word of God. The Word of God is sure prophecy. The Word of God establishes your foundation. Anything extra biblical, anything extra for today and for now, it's outside the canon of Scripture. It's a lying spirit. It's that simple. You have to separate the two. You can't mix the two. These people are not divinely inspired. They inspired from the pit of hell because they've been proven to be liars over and over. All of them, the whole bunch of them. There's not one who can stand up and say, I was right. No, you were all wrong. So the scripture is very important for us to be fully established and sober and vigilant to understand. Look, this is what God's word says. And then this is what these clowns are saying. And let's compare the two and see how they are liars and hypocrites and deceivers. Jesus warned us. He says, many will come in my name and will say that I am the Christ. These people running around saying, I am anointed and I have heard the voice of God. No, you haven't. He who hasn't hear, <clears throat> let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's why we read the scriptures. We read the book of Revelation saying, Lord, what are you saying in the scriptures? We don't go outside of scripture. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Part of the overcoming is to overcome deception. The great deception that's going on here right now in the church, in the body of Christ. You have to overcome it. Don't be overcome by it. There are millions of Christians overcome by these false prophets and false apostles and false whatever. Counterfeit. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Robbing the sheep blind. And then living a lavish lifestyle. That's how you know these are wolves in sheep's clothing. If they have a lavish lifestyle, they are wolves. And they cannot justify with Old Testament scriptures and say, I'm like Solomon and I'm like Abraham and I have the right to have all this riches and money and everything. No, you are a lying hypocrite. I have some French words for these people, but I can't say it. Because then I will have to repent. The next verse. And I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. This is a special reward. This is a special blessing. This is a special honor that the Lord Jesus himself will give to the overcomer and say, I'm going to give you a stone with a new name written on it that only you and I know. A personal name, a very special name 
<clears throat> it'll be nothing like what you've heard on the earth. It's going to be a supernatural name and it'll have amazing sound and whatever it comes with that name. It'll be an incredible name that the Lord can do such creative things. It'll blow your mind away. You're like, wow, what kind of a name is that? That's an amazing name. So if you have a nice name on this earth, like I said in the past, don't get caught up with it. Go beyond that and say, Lord, what kind of name are you going to give to me? And when we receive it, it'll be an amazing blessing. So let's go to the next verse. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And that previous verse we had covered in the last episode, but now we're just repeating it so that we can refresh our memory. Now we start with Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 in this episode. And what does it say? And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. So the Lord Jesus himself is saying, this is the Son of God speaking to you right to the church in Thyatira. And those same instructions are not just for that church in that time, but it's forever. It's the eternal word of God. It's for us today. The churches today have to receive this, that the angel went and gave it to the church in Thyatira. The Son of God was the author of it. it says, I'm going to tell you, angel, what to write. Send it. Send it to John. He's going to send it to the church in Thyatira. And then he has very specific instructions of what he's saying to this church. And trust me, this portion of Revelation is for the church in the West today. We're going to cover it right now. These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. When the Lord has eyes that are like fire, it's so pure that it's burning hot like fire. When it looks upon us, it's it burns out all the sin. It burns away all evil and wickedness. That's how strong and powerful God's eyes are. And He's looking at us. He's looking at our sinful nature. He's looking at us. And He's saying, I'm going to have mercy on you through my blood, through the cross of Jesus, that we are, you know, spared from the wrath of God. The eyes, like a flame of fire, is a symbol of His wrath and His judgment that will come in the future for unbelievers. When he looks upon the unbelievers with those eyes, it's eyes of judgment. They're going to burn in fire eternally. When we read it as believers, we are humbled. We are in reverence. We are in awe. Wow, we serve the resurrected Christ. His eyes are like flaming fire and his feet like fine brass. Brass in the Old Testament, in the, in the scriptures, is a, is a symbol of suffering. So his feet were like fine brass, like Pure quality brass of the finest quality. Why is that? Because it's a symbol of his feet. As he walked this earth, he suffered for us. He paid the ultimate penalty of dying on the cross for us. So his feet look like fine brass. It's a symbol of his suffering for the sins of humanity. And he walked this earth. He walked in our shoes. He walked in our with us. And But his feet says, look, I suffered for you. My feet are symbol of what kind of suffering I took for you. Y'all did the sins. Y'all did the wickedness. I took it upon myself on the cross. Now my feet are symbolic of fine brass, of suffering. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 2, verse 19. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. So Jesus knows everything about us. He knows our works. He knows our heart, our love, our service for Him, our faith towards Him, our patience. We have to be really patient. In 25 years, my patience has been tested severely by so many crazy people out there. But it's God says, look, I know you're having patience with these people, but have more patience. God is constantly asking us, be patient. Be patient with the wicked. Be patient with these nasty people. Be patient with the unbeliever. Be patient. As believers, we just want to have a good time and laugh and enjoy and be happy and, you know, fellowship with God and fellowship with His people. And we just want to be relaxed and have a good time. But then you have unbelievers and wicked family members and people that are always coming and messing around with you and fighting with you and getting under your skin. And, and then God says, be patient. That's the time the Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us. Be patient. Be patient. Well, Lord, I can't be patient. I'm so frustrated with this person. I'm so angry with this person. And the Lord says, look, 
I was way more patient with you than you are with this person. And then you're like, okay, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry, because I need to have the same patience as you had with me. The Lord has taken 10, 20, 30 years sometimes with somebody before he saved them. He has a lot of patience. So he tells us now, as I had patience with you, now you have patience with someone else. So he knows our patience or impatience or lack of patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. So God knows you've done good works for him. You've done good works for the church. You've done good works for even unbelievers. You have blessed your enemies. You have loved your enemies. You've forgiven them. You've done so many things and God knows all of that. But he points out something very powerful. Revelation chapter 2 verse 20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You're like, what, Lord, you have something against me? What is that? I did everything you asked me to do. I obeyed you and I, I sacrificed for you and I did everything that you asked me to do. What do you have against me? And this is what the Lord has against us, many of us. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. And what is that? Because you allowed that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. So the Lord is saying there are people that walk around in the church with the spirit of Jezebel and they are counterfeit, but they act like they are prophetesses and prophets of God. And they are doing things that are evil, but they are in the church. We're not talking about witches and wizards out in the world. We're not talking about people reading cards and the tattered cards and all of that stuff or the crystal ball. And those are obviously straight up witches out in the open. You see them on TV and all over the place. Where we live in South Texas, they have stores. They have shops out on the main street selling their, their, their services. And they make a lot of money. Lots of people go to them asking for their future, asking for their future husband, asking for all kinds of crazy stuff or financial blessings or whatever it is. But Jesus is pointing out to people inside the church that have a spirit of Jezebel. They're operating in the church as prophets, as pastors and preachers and teachers and apostles. And, and you know, and they're operating openly and they're teaching, but they're seducing God's people with false doctrine, false teaching, compromised teaching, all of these things. And then it's causing them to commit sexual immorality and then to eat things sacrificed to idols. In, in India, in different places, they have real idols where they worship idols, they offer food to idols and they offer it and give it around. In the Catholic Church, they have idols and they offer things to idols and now you're, you're passing it around and giving it to each other. That's idolatry. You cannot eat of things offered to idols. In the Mexican culture, Hispanic culture, they go to the grave and they put food on the grave and, and they talk to the dead and they talk to their dead relatives, necromancy, and they think that's part of their culture, so it's, it's okay with God. And those are things God says, don't do that. If your wicked grandma or whatever is telling you, hey, come and talk to me when I'm dead in my grave, she is teaching you, she's seducing you into her culture. You have to be careful. The next generation has to be aware of these things. But we have found out that the generation that we are in has already compromised, has already done those things, and now they're teaching it to their children. And this is things that God is against, and He's against us for allowing this to happen. You say, but I don't do that. Yeah, but if you allow wicked grandma and wicked aunt and whoever to teach children to do those things, you're allowing that spirit of Jezebel to enter your family, and the Lord is against you for that. You don't want Jesus to be against you. You'd rather have your family members and your wicked grandma against you than the Lord Jesus himself coming against you. You need to make that choice. Oh, but they get offended. Oh, I'll hurt their feelings. Oh, whatever. No, it's not about their feelings. It's about salvation. It's about eternal judgment. That's greater than a person's feelings and their emotions and all this nonsense. We are in a society that's all touchy-feely. It's all about their soul, about their emotions, about getting hurt and being politically correct. And let's not go there. Let's not say this. Let's cover it up. And that's where you allow the spirit of Jezebel to enter your family. If you constantly have conflict and fights and arguments and, and all kinds of, you know, just complete chaos, 
then that's because you've allowed that spirit to enter your family. And if you have children, it's double the judgment on you because now you're responsible not just for your own compromise, but your children now are contaminated by that spirit. And again, in this Mexican culture, every family across in this valley that we live is contaminated by witchcraft, contaminated by necromancy, contaminated by astral projection, contaminated by people going to the witches and wizards to do you know, fortune-telling and future-telling and all this nonsense. And now you've allowed that spirit to enter your family. So Jesus is warning very clearly that you've allowed this woman, Jezebel, to operate. You'll have grandmas that are Jezebels in your family and you're allowing her to operate and do whatever she feels like doing, complete lawlessness. And you're like, oh, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Yeah, then you better get ready to go to hell because the Lord will say, I don't know you. You allow that spirit to operate freely. That means you're subject to that spirit. You're not subject to the Holy Spirit. You can't have it both ways. You need to make a choice. You need to draw a line. God is a holy God. He has eyes like the flame of fire. Look at your grandma's eyes. It's dark. It's black because it's evil. Which eyes do you want to look into? It's your choice. You can't look into both eyes and say, let me play this hypocritical game and let me sit on the fence and let's not create a fuss. You can't do that. The Bible is very clear. Revelation 2.21. There are consequences to this activity. There's consequences to this kind of behavior. God is just going to let it slide. If you think you're going to let it slide and you think it's okay because I don't want to hurt feelings, there are consequences. Life and death is based on this. Revelation 2.21. This is the same Jesus who came and healed people and he, he set them free and he he blessed them and he blessed their children and he brought people out of the grave. This same Jesus is saying this now. Revelation 2.21. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Repentance is very, very important in the scriptures. God is telling you better change your mind. You better change your lifestyle. You better change the way you're living. You better break that cycle of lawlessness. And if you don't repent, what does he do? Don't think, oh, God is loving, God is love, and he's going to just let it slide. God has judgments on people that do not repent. Revelation 2.22. You should send the scripture, text it to your grandmas and your aunts and all the people that are doing witchcraft and evil in your homes. Just send them. Revelation 2.22. Very simple to remember. What is God going to do? What is Jesus going to do? This is not Satan or some demon from hell. Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, is saying this. Revelation chapter 2, verse 22. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. So everybody that tries to compromise in their family with the grandma, with the tia, and with the aunt or whoever that's doing witchcraft or the wicked husband or grandpa, whatever. You're like, oh yeah, but I love that my family members. I love my papi and I love my mama and I love this. Yeah, what is going to happen to you if you don't obey Jesus? And you rather bow down and compromise with your parents and grandparents. Not everybody is bad. I'm saying the ones who do witchcraft and evil. If you have people like that in your family, I'm targeting those who operate in the spirit of Jezebel. There are general people in the general public that are good people. Good parents, good grandparents, they're fine. And the children are blessed. We're talking about wicked, evil parents and grandparents. And if you compromise just because oh, they're wicked, but I still love them. Oh, they do witchcraft, but I still cannot say nothing because I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want to hurt his feelings. Well, this is what happens. Revelation chapter 2, verse 22. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. We have these are deeds They're already written down that you did this. But I compromised because I didn't want to hurt somebody. That's your deed that you did. And you don't repent of it and you keep doing it. You repeat that same mistake over and over again. Guess what? There is great tribulation waiting for you and sickness is waiting for them. A lot of people are dying in this pandemic because they did not repent of their wicked ways. The virus got them, and they are dead now. All by themselves, 
all alone in the hospital, all alone in the graveyard, nobody to comfort, nobody there to hold their hand while they died. It's a horrible tragedy. But these are times to remember that God's word is all powerful. It's going to judge the living and the dead. We are in very interesting times. The, the party is over. The picnic is over. Let's read it again. Revelation 21 and 22. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. God is patient, even with the wicked, even with Jezebel. He's saying, I'm giving you time. I'm watching you. I'm watching your nonsense. I'm watching your lawlessness. I'm watching your necromancy and your witchcraft and your evil, wicked ways. And I'm giving you time to repent. And what does God do in that time? He sends messengers to wicked people to warn them and say, stop your nonsense. Stop your wicked ways. Stop. And what do those people do? They rebel against the word of God. They rebel against God's word. They come against Jesus. They come against the servants of God. And then the Lord says, okay, I've been watching and I gave you time to repent. Now you don't want to repent. I'm going to throw you in a sick bed. You're going to get unbearable pain in your body. You're going to fall down. You're going to break your leg. You're going to break your head. You're going to end up in the hospital. You're going to have all kinds of tests done on you. There is no remedy. There is no cure. There is no healing. You can keep crying to me. You can keep saying the blood of Jesus and nothing is going to happen because you're a hypocrite. And that is what happens every single day all around you. Look around you. You'll see all these kind of tragic cases, but they look tragic on the outside. But when you see these people's lifestyle and the pattern of wickedness that they live in, they deserve to be in the hospital. They deserve to have their legs broken. They deserve to have unbearable pain in their body. But all of that is so that they can repent. God is not a, you know, mean or He's saying, look, all these things are going to happen because you're allowing Satan to come. The spirit of Jezebel is coming. That spirit is going to cause you tremendous pain. Don't get comfortable with that evil spirit. It will cause you suffering and pain and misery and hospital bills and doctor's visits. But no, they just want to keep doing what they're doing, thinking I'm going to live forever. Nobody can stop me. Ha ha. I'm so smart. I'm so intelligent. I can fool God. I can fool the pastor. I can fool whoever. You're not fooling nobody. You're just fooling yourself. What is next? Revelation chapter 2, verse 23. Wow, this is even more scary now. I don't think a lot of witches have read this. A lot of wicked grandmas have never read the scripture. They keep doing their lawless deeds, thinking, I'm so strong and I'm so powerful and nobody can touch me and nobody can say nothing to me. I can keep doing whatever. Yeah, but you're putting your children and grandchildren in danger. With your lawlessness, with your garbage lifestyle, you are putting your children and grandchildren in danger. Revelation 2.23, I will kill her children with death. This is Jesus speaking, the same loving Savior who offers you salvation, who offers you grace and mercy and forgiveness. He's saying, look, if you keep living a lawless life, you keep doing witchcraft, you still do evil, your children will die. I will kill her children with death. God is saying, I have the power of life and death over your children. You mess around with me. You mess around with my word. You disobey my word after you've been warned, after you people have come to you and told you a hundred times, don't do this, don't do it, don't do it, and you still do it. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll end up in the sickbed, but you will watch your children die. Unfortunately, we've had those moments where we warn people here in the valley, and their children died, or some of their children end up in prison, and some ended up in the hospital. Some had horrible accidents. A lot of crazy things happened. But they were warned and warned and warned, and they didn't listen. And then we saw the consequence. We saw Revelation 2.23 take place in front of our own eyes. And now when you meet these grandmas and you look at them, they have lost their mind. They can't even function anymore because they saw their own child die or their grandchild die, and they watched it. This is a serious warning. This is a part of the book of Revelation nobody likes to read. We are reading it for you because you are too afraid to read it. You don't have the courage or the integrity to read it. We're reading it so that you wake up from your lawless ways. And if you have family members like that, sit them down, open the Bible, say, read Revelation 2.22, and then read 2.23. And now tell me if you're going to continue your nonsense, you're going to continue your lawless ways, because there are consequences, serious consequences. 
Revelation chapter 2, 23, I will kill her children with death. When I read that for the first time 25 years ago, it shook me to the core. I was like, wow, I thought Jesus was loving and awesome and great. And he's saying, I'm going to come and kill your children. That's how serious disobedience and rebellion is in the eyes of God. If you don't obey him, your children could die. And we're not just talking regular sin and regular disobedience. We're talking about witchcraft. We're talking about the spirit of Jezebel. We're talking about astral projection and divination and these kind of sins. And like I said, we are in a valley that's full of it. We don't have to go to a witch or a wizard on the street. You have somebody in your own family that's doing all this nonsense. And they're putting their whole family in danger. These people have no divine protection. They have no angelic protection. They have no covering. They have no, the Holy Spirit is nowhere around them. And they're wide open for attack. They're wide open for Satan to destroy them. They're basically inviting Satan to come to destroy them and their children. Revelation 2.23, I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. So what is the lesson in this? That the church will be full of fear. The fear of God will come to say, wow, God knows my mind. He knows my heart. He knows my thoughts. He knows my intentions. He knows everything. For 25 years, all I've been doing is repenting of my own bad thinking, bad attitude, bad everything. I have to repent. We all have to be in that place of saying, Lord, examine my heart, search my heart. I have so much junk in me. I have so much garbage in me. That's all I've been doing 25 years. All I've been doing is repent. Nobody is a saint. Nobody is perfect. Nobody. Everybody has flaws and issues and baggage. And they got all kinds of junk in their life. Past mistakes and entanglements and immorality and all kinds of vicious, evil things. Unforgiveness, bitterness. There's so much. Every person's life is like one big giant roller coaster of a of, of mess, a train wreck. But God gives us the way out. He says, repent, change your ways, obey me, and come into the grace of God. Come into the joy of the Lord. Come into the time of refreshing from God Almighty, from the Holy Spirit. We all have been given an equal opportunity, an equal chance. Nobody's less or more. It's by your faith and it's by your trusting and it's by your obeying Him that you will receive. God is generous. He's a loving, gracious, merciful, compassionate God. He says, I will pour out my Spirit upon you and upon your children. I always tell people that get baptized, that one of the blessings of getting baptized, genuine baptism. We have baptized people that were fake, that were counterfeit. And later on, we found out that their intentions were wrong. And it was such a regret for us to do it. I can name names and put them to shame, but then I just don't want to waste my time and energy on these hypocrites. But the people that generally get baptized, seriously wanting to obey God, seriously wanting to follow Him, the Bible says that I will pour out my Spirit upon you and upon your children. That's an amazing blessing. I have children. I would want to be fully obedient so that the Holy Spirit would come not just upon me, but upon my children that they would get encounters with God, that they would have amazing supernatural manifestations happen around them. The kingdom of heaven would come upon them. That's an amazing promise. But what do we have? A whole generation of wicked parents, grandparents, that instead of bringing the Holy Spirit into our lives, they brought Satan into our lives. And now we had to fight Satan for all our life. Like, what's going on? Why am I battling Satan? What did I do? Yeah, your parents and grandparents, evil, wicked, iniquity brought evil into your bloodline and now we are all suffering the consequences until the four generations revelation 2 23 i will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that i am he who searches the minds and hearts if god searches the minds and hearts what is he looking for is he looking for evil is he looking for bad behavior he's looking for one heart that will truly love him that will truly serve him that will truly obey him that's what he's searching for and all he's finding is garbage. All he's finding is evil, bad, nasty behaviors. And it says what? And I will give to each one of you according to your works. It's not good enough to just confess something and say, oh, yes, I believe. And a lot of people that are walking around confessing and 
prophesying and believing and everything, but their works, there's no works. It's just loose talk. It's empty words. They say stuff, but they don't walk it. They don't live it. They just use words to influence people, to manipulate people, to deceive people. They use language as a tool of manipulation. That's witchcraft. You don't have to do mumbo jumbo. You just have to use language to manipulate somebody, to control that person. That is witchcraft in God's eyes. I bet nobody said that to you ever. You never even realize that that is a form of witchcraft. When you use language as a tool of manipulation to control somebody and say, you know what, I'm so good and, and fooling and lying and deceiving. And all liars are into witchcraft. Anybody that keeps lying, habitual liars are speaking the language of the devil. Why is that? Because the devil, Satan, is the father of lies. And you come across family members, people around you that are constant liars. They are children of Satan. They are not children of God. Children of God will be confessing scripture. They'll confront people with the truth. They will always be trying to walk in the truth of God. And they will not lie. They will not deceive. They don't try to manipulate nobody. So according to your works, you will be rewarded. If you're a liar, deceiver, manipulator, a hypocrite, a narcissist, don't be expecting heavens to open up and receive showers of blessings. That's a serious delusion. I see people walking around saying, where's my blessing? Where is your walk? Show me your walk and then I will show you what blessings you will have from God. The scriptures are very clear. God just doesn't bless just everybody just randomly and without any order. He's a God of order. And He knows your hearts, He knows your minds, He knows your intentions, He knows your purposes, He knows your motivations, He knows everything. And according to that, He says, And I will give to each one of you according to your works. And if your works are bad, your deeds are bad, you're in compromise with Jezebel, you are caught up with and entangled with nasty people, with pigs. There are men walking on wicked men that are pigs. They love the dirt, they love fornication, they love adultery, they love alcoholism, they love abuse, they love all of that, and you are entangled with someone like that, you are part of that. You're a pig because you like pigs. Don't expect blessings to come down from heaven. And if some jackass prophet comes to you and prophesies over you and says, oh yeah, God is going to bless you. He's a lying prophet. He's one of those that are coming in the name of Christ, operating in the spirit of Jezebel and lying to you, deceiving you. Why do they do that? For money. Their motivation is money. They don't really love God. If they love God, they will confront your sin. They will confront your wicked ways. They will tell you to your face things you don't want to hear. But if somebody tells you stuff, then God says this to you and it's all sounding sweet and nice and awesome. That's a lying spirit. Revelation 2.24 Now to you I say and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say. I will put on you no other burden. So the Lord is saying to the rest of you who have not engaged in all of this, and you have not been compromised with the spirit of Jezebel, you have not been caught up with their works and entangled and you're seduced and deceived by that, God says, I give you no other burden. All you have to do is confront Jezebel and knock her out. Crush her. Destroy her works. Destroy her activity. That's the burden that God put on the church of Thyatira. You have this person in your midst. You're allowing her to do all of this. Now your burden is to come against that Jezebel spirit and destroy her works. Cut her off. Shut her off. That is the burden of the church of Thyatira. What is the church in the West doing? They're encouraging the spirit of Jezebel. They're encouraging false prophets. They're encouraging all the false fake apostles running around. They're doing the opposite of what God said to do. Think, how is that possible? I'll tell you why it's possible. When you elevate a man or a woman more than you talk about Jesus, you're part of this compromise. And especially, again, in the charismatic church, they are so caught up with apostles, prophets, so-called, you know, famous personalities in that body. It is so corrupted. It's such a horrible circus. And they're chasing after these prophets. Oh, I want the word of the Lord. I want this prophecy. They're treating these prophets as wizards as witches. 
They're trying to use the Spirit of God to find out their future. That's witchcraft. God doesn't operate that way. But they, you see it all over the place, especially those who are part of the charismatic church. I'm telling you, it's nothing new that I'm saying. You'll see this madness every single day. But what are you doing about it? That's your burden. Are you overcoming it or you are subject to it and you're in bondage to it? Break free from that and say, Lord, I will only serve you and I will only hear your Holy Spirit. I will read your scriptures and I'll obey you and I'll prepare for your return. I don't need some fake prophet and say, oh, some fake apostle to be over me and be my spiritual father or none of this garbage. We are in tough times and it's, it's time for tough faith. The little milk toast, weak, you know, lily livered, you know, spineless faith, those days are over. People are dying around you. Family members are dying of this virus. You better have great faith. You better have faith in God. Today you die because of a virus. Better be ready to give an account. Better be ready to say, you know what? I paid the price. I walked the walk. I didn't go running around in circles around fake prof prophets and apostles and all these jackasses. No. I was looking for the return of the Lord. And if I died in that process, I was looking up. I was not looking here and there. Looking for this one and that one. Again, Jesus warned in Matthew 24. If someone says to you, there is a Christ, don't go there. If someone says you're in the desert or they're hiding somewhere, do not go to chase after these people. And this is the madness that goes on in the charismatic circle every day. And now because of the virus, they're all hiding in their basement, hiding in their bedrooms, hiding behind their wives, these so-called apostles, scared of a virus. And they say, I'm an apostle of Christ. No, you're not. Revelation 2.25 But hold fast what you have till I come. What is it that you have that the Lord is saying hold fast? Is faith in Him. Faith in His Word. Whether you're cut off from the whole world, you're isolated, you're all by yourself, you feel lonely, you feel sad, you feel, you know, like I'm abandoned, I'm all by myself, this virus has cut off everybody. Doesn't matter. If you have real faith in God, you really love Jesus, you really worship Him, you pray to Him, you seek His face, you're waiting for His return, the Lord says, hold fast to that. Hold fast till I come. Hold fast what you have. You cannot hold something that you don't have. That's why people are suicidal and depressed and miserable and all shut down because they have nothing. If you don't have active faith, you don't have real faith, you cannot hold on to nothing. But if you have your living faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can hold on to it. And let anything come. Let any pandemic come. Let any tribulation come. Let the great tribulation show up. Let the Antichrist come. Doesn't matter. You're holding on fast. You're holding on to faith in Christ. That's all you need. That's your anchor of your soul. That's the strength you need. Hold fast. Let the Holy Spirit strengthen you in the inner man. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Through the word of God, not through fake prophets and fake apostles, through his word. He's speaking to us every day through his word. Read the Bible, God is speaking to you. God doesn't speak to me, I don't hear his voice. Because you don't open the Bible, open the Bible. God has been speaking to me through his word. And every time some prophet prophesied, the lying spirit was speaking to me. And I would compare it to what the scripture says, and I'm like, this guy is a loser. What is he saying? And many times you pay attention to their words. It's like a word salad. It's just garbage coming out of their mouth. And they sound spiritual and they sound something, but it's all garbage. So get back to the living word of God. God will speak to you through his word, by his Holy Spirit. If you open your Bible every day, first thing in the morning, before you go to sleep, do it as a regular everyday exercise. I've been doing that for 25 years. Study His Word, read His Word, obey His Word, meditate upon His Word, and He will speak to you. And the Lord is saying, hold fast what you have till I come. Nobody can take it from you. If you have that living faith, nobody can touch it, nobody can take it. You're unshakable, you're unmovable. You're rock solid because you are built on the rock of your salvation. You built your house on living faith in Christ Jesus. You're unshakable. Every storm can come against you. Every battle can come against you. Everything to come and overtake you, overcome you, it's not going to prevail. You will overtake it and overcome it because of living faith. 
And the Lord is saying, hold fast. Don't let it go. That's all you got against all the battles that are coming at you. Hold fast till I come. Is it worthless to do it? No. Because when he comes, he comes with his reward. He comes with so much blessing. He comes with eternal salvation. He comes to rescue you from the evil that's coming upon the earth. It is the most valuable thing on this planet. More than gold and silver and property and vehicles and whatever you think is valuable to you. Your faith is more precious than silver and gold and all the precious stones in the world. Like Why is that? Because you can have the whole world and you can lose your soul. That's why it's so difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because his wealth is more important to him than his faith. His physical assets are more important to him than his spiritual faith in God. You can't have both. It's very difficult. Revelation 2.26 And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end. Not just from the beginning and starting time. You just got saved. Ha ha, I'm happy. I got saved. Thank you, Lord. And you do some few things for God and then you forget him completely and you go about your business and do what you got to do. And then all the rest of your life, you're grumbling and complaining and whining and saying, oh, God is not blessing me and God's not giving me what I want and God's not this and God's not that and always blaming God for your miserable life. Then you don't have living faith. And if you don't keep his works until the end, you will not be saved. You'll be left behind. So it's important to do it all the way till the end. That's part of overcoming. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. What an amazing promise. Lord says if you go all the way, all the way, you run the race all the way till the end, I will give you power over the nations. But Lord, you're coming to destroy the earth. Yeah, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. New populations and new nations and new cities and new everything. And he will give you power over some of that. If he finds you faithful until the end and you overcome all things in your life. There are amazing promises. The book of Revelation is the most amazing book. It tells you your future of what he will do to those who are disobedient, rebellious, and to those who overcome and pay the price. You have two sets of people. Those who are lawless, they will die, their children will die. And to those who are overcomers and obedient and they're holding fast, he will give you power over the nations. Who doesn't want power over nations? Everybody is power hungry in some form or the other. Everybody wants you know, position and power and elevation, all of that. You don't do it by yourself. You don't try to manipulate people to get on top of the game. You humble yourself before the living God. And when it's his timing, he will promote you. He will put you over nations. That's his call, not yours. Don't try to do witchcraft and vanity and this and that to try to get to the top. Don't prostitute yourself to get rich. Say, Lord, I will be humble. Whatever I have, I'm grateful. I love you and whatever reward you have for me, I will overcome so that I will receive my reward. That's the attitude. That's the walk. That's the lifestyle. Revelation 2, 27. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father. Jesus is uh, repeating an Old Testament verse where he has the power to rule over nations with a rod of iron. He's coming to smash some heads like a potter, potter's vessel. He's going to crush a whole bunch of people that were rebellious and disobedient to him. He's already received that authority from his Father. And when he comes this time, he will come as the God of war. He's not coming as the humble lamb. That's another reason for us to be sober, to be vigilant, to be obedient, to be ready and waiting for his return. It's the ultimate showdown. And man will not make it. Women, the wicked as hell, will not make it. Who can come against the living God? Who can come against the Son of God? Coming in all his glory, all his power, all his dominion authority. All the government rulers, all the world rulers today that are forcing this lockdown on people and governments are forcing populations to do what they want. While they are being hypocrites and not obeying what they are telling people to do, they are going and partying and they are going out for dinners, they are going out to go and do their haircuts and everything. 
but they're telling the general public, no, you better lock down. You shut down your business. You go out of business. You don't do what we are telling you. Don't step out of your house and stay locked down. It's a complete global control of humanity. It's an evil move of Satan through government rulers. They will be crushed by Jesus when he returns. Right now, they're trying to exercise whatever little power they have. They're trying to force it upon people and societies. But when the Lord comes, he will hold all these government rulers and governors and mayors and all these people will have to give an account to Jesus when he returns. Revelation 2.28 And I will give him the morning star. Jesus is the morning star. He is the morning star. He will come and say, look, I give myself to you. The Lord himself is saying, look, embrace me and I will embrace you and we will be one. We will be together for eternity. That's the ultimate reward from God, to be with Jesus. When he returns, he says, I will give you the morning star. I am the morning star. I will give myself to you and you come and come into my embrace. That's an amazing blessing. That's the only thing that you want to look forward to. You don't want the stone written with the new name and white robes and all the crowns and all the things that are there that we will go over in the book of Revelation. The main reward is to be with Jesus, to be in his embrace, for him to look into your eyes with love and for you to look at him and says, he is my beloved and I am his. That is the most amazing moment for eternity when you get to see him face to face. Say, Lord, I never knew you. I never saw you. I didn't have an encounter with you, but I obeyed you. I loved you. I worshipped you. And I did it without even seeing you. Those are the people Jesus says, these are my people. I love them and I will embrace them. Without knowing me face to face, they love me, they obeyed me, they served me, they worshiped me by faith. Faith is an interesting thing. It's a living thing. You can't make it up. You can't fake it. That's how you know when people are standing in worship services just like robots. They can't even lift their hands up to heaven. They don't have faith in God. They're there for wrong reasons. They're there for something else. Because they truly love Jesus. They want Him. They serve Him. They will just worship Him freely. They will cry out to Him. Revelation 2.29 He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, this gets repeated over and over throughout the book of Revelation because the Lord is reminding only those who have ears to hear will hear. The ones who are not destined to hear, they will not hear it. They'll be deaf to all of this. So it's a very select audience, a very exclusive audience. The Lord knows who are His. He knows you name by name. If you truly love Him, be comforted. Be of good cheer. That's why he says, be of good cheer. Why? Because I know you. I know you by name. But to those who are rejecting Christ and rejecting the Messiah and rejecting the King of Kings, their time will come where they will be crushed like a potter's vessel. He will come with a rod of iron and crush them. The wrath of God will come upon the wicked, including all the rulers of the world. But to those who love him and serve him and worship him, he says, I will give you the morning star. And who hasn't here, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. As we go through line by line, verse by verse, studying this book of Revelation all the way to the end of the book, it's again to remind us, do we have ears to hear? Are we listening? Are we obeying? Are we loving God? Are, are, is our faith increasing? It's a question for us to ask ourselves. We can look around us and say, ah, man, the world is a mess. These people are a complete wreck. Anywhere you go, just walk into any Walmart and you see the craziest bunch of people there. It's like a circus inside there. It's like wild animals are roaming around. And you're like, what is wrong with these people? They look like they're zombies from another planet. But they are there. And you're in the midst of them looking at them saying, oh my goodness. But it's because when you don't have Christ, you will look like a leprechaun. But when you really say, you know what? I want to have ears to hear. Any true Christian, you come across them, they have peace, they have joy, they have love. They are at, at, at relaxed because they know whom they serve. They know the Lord Jesus. It's a very sobering and, and humbling and, and grounding experience. Saturday is a day of rest. Why is that? Why did God create Sabbath? It's a day of rest for people. 
It's not a religious holiday. It's not a ritual. It's not a tradition. It's just relaxing. It's just saying, Lord, here I am, you and me. That's it. And let me hear you. Let me read your word. Let me study your word. Let me meditate on your word. And that's all it is. It's a time to enjoy, have fellowship with God, Him and you, the Spirit of God and you. And with your ears open, only who have ears to hear will hear this. And it's for the churches. So we must say, Lord, are we part of your body? Are we part of your church? Because only if we have ears to hear, we are part of your church. If we don't have ears to hear, we're rebellious and this and that and whatever, then you're not part of the church. It's that simple. So it starts with your ears. I'm listening, Lord. I'm hearing. What are you saying, Lord? Let me learn. Let me obey. Let me do. It's not just confession. It's hearing. It's doing. It's obeying. There are deeds involved. There are works involved. There's action involved. Faith is not just a confession. It's action. Your life will prove it. Your life is your message. It's not just I'm standing in a church and lifting my hands up and dancing and jumping and waving some flags or, or blowing a trumpet or you get all that madness going on. What's the point of blowing a trumpet when your walk is all messed up? When you abandon your own children, you abandon your life, you abandon your family, you cheated on your wife, you did all the wrong things and now you're in the middle of the church blowing a trumpet. That's that spirit of Jezebel operating. Fake counterfeit people jumping up and down, waving flags and doing all the drama in the front. And they are complete hypocrites. But he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it motivates you to say, you know what, I want to obey. I want to do. I want to walk. That's the response to hearing the Word of God. Not just hearing going one year and coming out the other year, which a lot of people do. It's hearing it, applying it, going deep into your spirit, man, and doing it now as a lifestyle. So as we close, we'll continue Revelation chapter 3 next week. We've covered two chapters. We've done seven episodes now. So hopefully we'll keep going at that pace and finish this in a few months. But study it, read it again, go through the scriptures again. You know, it takes a lot of courage to obey God. It's easy to follow the world. It's to follow fake people out there. There are too many counterfeit, fake deceivers out there. Majority people are liars and deceivers and manipulators. If that's your crowd, if that's who you like to hang out with, you're messed up. Wake up. Say, you know what? I, I'd rather be alone than be around hypocrites, be around narcissists and people full of vanity and pride and arrogance. And It's disgusting to see that. It's better you walk alone than to have a crowd full of fake people. They look nice on the outside, but they have a heart that's dark and black and ugly. Their soul is so corrupted and messed up. Because how do you know that? The minute they open their mouth, you come to know what is going on inside of them. On the outside, they put two tons of makeup and go to the hair stylist for three hours. But inside, they are corrupted as hell. The men, it's obvious. They're walking around openly as pigs and they are proud of being pigs. They don't hide it. Women are good at hiding with the makeup and the, you know, <laughs> they do a little bit of a deception. Men are too obviously saying, here, I'm a pig, come worship me and, and bow down to me and do what I tell you to do. It's so obvious. Even a simpleton can understand this person is a pig. What am I doing with this pig? Well, you see a lot of women so naive and, oh, but I like this about him. Oh, but I like that about him. And there you go. Go straight into the pit of hell with that pig and then cry for the rest of your life. We have to warn single women all the time. Get away from the pigs. Pray. God will be the one to bring the right man of God in your life. And he has to be a man of God, not a man of Satan. There are too many men of Satan, messengers of Satan running, running around. Liars, deceivers, fornicators, alcoholic, depressed, suicidal, messed up. If that's your choice, my goodness, then you need to your head examined. You need to go to a bunch of psychiatrists to examine your head because the other person is obvious that they are a complete messed up case. So wake up. We are in the end of end of days. We're in the last hour. Avoid the toxic people. Avoid the haters. Too many haters today. Twitter is a hate fest. Go on Twitter. Everybody's a hater on Twitter. 
you know the level of hatred that's in this country right now because of these elections. Hate is out there. But we must search our own heart, examine our own lifestyle, walk the walk, be exclusive in our relationships, in our time spent alone with family, with our children, and that's good enough. We don't, we're not looking for a superstar lifestyle or fame and fortune, and we don't need that. When you have Christ, you don't have this, this constant desire to be looked at and admired, and you don't need none of that because you're so raptured with Jesus. You're like, wow, I'm in love with Jesus. Why am I concerned about myself or this one or that one or nobody? So if you're caught up in your self-obsession, say, Lord, break me free from this madness. Narcissism is a complete madness, but it's taken over the society. So only God can set you free from that because you can't. You can try for five minutes and you will go right back to your own madness. And if you don't call it as a madness and you think that's normal, that's even a worse delusion you're under. So wake up. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We bless this time. Bless those who are hearing this word. Help us, Lord, to break free from the entanglements of the society of wickedness, of evil, and evil people within our family circles. Help us, Lord, to rise above it, to overcome it, and to have ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying through your word, even in the book of Revelation. It's a powerful book. Help us to fully understand it all the way, all the way till the end. So in Jesus' mighty name, prepare us for your return and help us to know you in a deeper way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.